This is Score to Death Radio from the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. My name is Jay Blake Fischera, and I'm the author of the Score to Death books, which feature detailed interviews with 30 of horror's greatest composers. Today we have a very special show as we continue our exploration into the music of one of Italy's and film music's most influential bands, which also happens to be one of my favorite bands of all time, and one of the main inspirations for my first Score to Death book. Of course, today we're talking about Goblin. On the last episode, we took a deep dive into the band's early days and discussed their formation, the acquisition of the name Goblin, their humble beginnings as a starving rock group, and their big break, courtesy of one of Italy's biggest filmmakers. We played tracks from Deep Red, Suspiria, and more as I did my best to provide insight into the making of some of the band's most iconic scores. This is part two of a multi-part series that is exploring various aspects of Goblin's nearly 50-year career. And on this episode, we will continue our journey through their catalog of film and television scores, as I once again try to unravel the band's complicated history and give you a bit of an inside look into the making of their soundtracks during the years 1978 and 1979. As with the last episode, all the information I will be discussing today is taken from my own interviews with band members Claudio Simonetti and Maurizio Guarini from my first Score to Death book, as well as from the knowledge I've gained over the last few decades from reading various liner notes and interviews, and most notably from Fabio Capuzzo's amazing book, Goblin, Seven Notes in Red, which is a must-read for all Goblin fans. So now that that's out of the way, let's get started. It's 1978. And coming off such big successes as their scores for Deep Red and Suspiria, it proves to be an exceptionally busy year for the band. They release a non-soundtrack concept album titled Il Fantastico Viaggio del Bagarozzo Mark. They begin their adventures in writing new scores for the European cuts of non-Italian films, record a TV show theme, do a lot of session work, both as a band and individually, and sadly, the classic Suspiria lineup of the band consisting of keyboardist Claudio Simonetti, guitarist Massimo Morante, bassist Fabio Pignatelli, and drummer Agostino Marangolo do their last recordings together, until their brief reunion in 2000 for Dario Argento's Non Ho Sono, also known as Sleepless. 1978 also sees the release of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, the much-anticipated sequel to his undead masterpiece, Night of the Living Dead. How Dawn of the Dead gets made is in large part due to Dario Argento, who helps to secure a substantial amount of its financing, with the caveat that he retains the international distribution rights and the ability to recut the film for the international market. The Italian filmmaker shaves some time off the film and puts together a much more action-oriented version of the shopping mall set zombie extravaganza and even streamlines the title calling it simply Zombie, with an I, not an IE. He also decides to replace Romero's soundtrack of music library cues, and calls on Goblin to create a new score for his cut. Some of Goblin's cues eventually do make it into a U.S. theatrical release of Romero's version of Dawn of the Dead, and for a generation of U.S. horror fans, this is how they were introduced to the band. Goblin's main and most popular cues for the film are extraordinary. La Alba di Morti Viventi is bleak and mesmerizing, and the title track Zombie is a frenetic masterpiece that settles into a solid Caribbean-inspired groove. Now, let's take a listen to a few cues from Goblin's score for Zombie, otherwise known as Dawn of the Dead.
We just heard the cues. Lauba di morti viventi. Zombie. Oblio. Lacaccia. And Zeratasm. From Dario Argento's international cut of George A. Romero's 1978 zombie opus, Dawn of the Dead. I once asked Claudio what Zeratasm meant. As a non-Italian speaker, I assumed that it was just an Italian word that I didn't know. He laughed and told me that it was just a word that they made up and that it had no meaning. The track Zombie has a bit of a Caribbean groove that I just love. And some of the cues from the score that I didn't play go even further in that direction. For my first book, Claudio and I spoke about this score and the Caribbean influences. He explained that they used a marimba and other percussive instruments to capture that feel and that the band was sonically trying to represent the Haitian aspect of zombie lore. Claudio was born in Brazil and lived there for a while when he was young, so he is familiar with Macumba, which is a Brazilian religion that, like voodoo, is rooted in African tradition. When we spoke about the process of actually recording the score for Dawn of the Dead, Claudio replied, It is completely different than our previous scores, because here we played more rock, more heavy metal. It is, quote, zombie music. I love that score. We had a lot of fun recording it. Can you imagine being in the studio watching the film and having to write music for all those zombies? We had a lot of laughs recording that music. After Dawn of the Dead, the band is hired to create the score for the fourth installment into a successful series of crime action comedies produced by Galliano Giusso, whom they had previously worked with on La Via della Droga in 1977. The film is called Squadro Antimafia, internationally released as Little Italy in 1978. Sadly, unhappy with the fact that Goblin has been pigeonholed as a soundtrack band, guitarist Massimo Morante decides to leave the band and pursue other ventures. The music of Zombie slash Dawn of the Dead is officially his final score with Goblin, but he does play, essentially as a session musician, on a few of the tracks for Squadro Antimafia. For the rest of the guitar parts, the band brings in guitarist Carlo Panisi, who, like drummer Agostino Morangolo, is a former member of the band Flea. As far as I know, these few sessions Morante plays on might be the last time the classic four-piece lineup of Goblin records together until Dario Argento's 2001 film Non Hosono, or Sleepless. The band is then asked to record a theme song for a television series called Sete Story Per Non Dormir. From what I can tell, the series is actually just a weekly program that airs American horror and thriller TV movies, like Dan Curtis's Trilogy of Terror, scored by Bob Colbert, who I was lucky enough to interview for my second Score to Death book. By this point, Simonetti is getting into his dance music phase which he actually finds a lot of success with in the late 70s and early 80s. And he's in New York recording with the group Easy Going, as well as Herbie Mann. So Pignatelli and Marangolo, likely with some assistance from Agostino's brother Antonio, record the theme titled Yell. So let's take a listen to Yell, followed by a handful of cues from a 1979 film titled Amo Non Amo.
APM Music offers limitless potential for your creative content. No matter the genre or mood, all the music you need is on one platform. And you don't have to worry about licensing. APM's got that covered. Need help finding the perfect track? APM's dedicated music directors can deliver curated options designed specifically for your creative vision. APM's website uses best-in-class search technology, so finding the perfect track is easier than ever. Find your sound at apmmusic.com. I'm Jay Blake Fischera, and you're listening to Score to Death Radio from the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. We just heard a track titled Yell from an Italian TV program called Sette Stori per Non Dormir, followed by a cue called Maniera from the 1979 film Amo Non Amo, as well as three other cues from its soundtrack album that are just titled Amo Non Amo. Amo Non Amo is an Italian drama directed by Armenia Balducci, starring Jacqueline Bissett, Maximilian Schell, and Terence Stamp. Like Goblin had done with Dawn of the Dead, interestingly, Burt Bacharach actually composed a new score for the U.S. release of the film, which in the States is called Together? And it's worth noting that Carlo Panisi returned to lend his guitar talents to the score. For those of you familiar with Goblin's 1978 album El Fantastico Viaggio del Bagarozzo Mark, you probably noticed that one of the cues I played is an instrumental version of a song from that album called Note. 
It's a song that I've always felt gives off some major Enter Sandman vibes. And I've always wondered if Metallica had ever heard it before recording their Black album. Now, unfortunately, the score for the previously mentioned crime action comedy Squadro Antimafia has never been released. But after some digging, I was able to find a not-so-great song from the film featuring vocals by Aldo Donati. And in the interest of being thorough, I'll play it for you. Followed by a few cues from its sequel, Squadra Anti-Gangster, released in the U.S. in 1979 as The Gang That Sold America.
We just heard E Lasse Perde from 1978's Squadra Antimafia, played by Goblin and featuring vocals by Aldo Donati, followed by three cues from its sequel, Squadra Anti-Gangster. Banoon, Trumpet's Flight, featuring trumpet player Oscar Valdembrini, and a cue titled Squadra Anti-Gangster Movie Take One. Clearly, the scores for these films are a bit of a departure from what Goblin fans have come to expect in terms of style and feel. I believe Squadra Anti-Gangster marks Carlo Panisi's first score with the group as an official member of Goblin, but unfortunately, it also marks Simonetti's departure from the group. Like Massimo Marante before him, Simonetti had grown unhappy with the strict soundtrack direction of the band. And Pignatelli and Marangolo were not as interested in pursuing dance music as much as he was, so they parted ways. The band's next two projects find them once again replacing scores for Italian releases of non-Italian films. For the first, they replace composer, and not the Queen guitarist, Brian May's score for the Australian horror film Patrick. To handle keyboard duties, they turn to their former bandmate Maurizio Guarini, who decides to help out as a favor uncredited. The second project is replacing Donald Rubenstein's score for George A. Romero's Martin, which, though it was released in the U.S. in 1977, doesn't get released internationally until after the success of Dawn of the Dead. Now, what is kind of interesting about this one is that the band doesn't want to do it and actually declines. But the head of their record label, Carlo Bixio, makes a deal with the Italian distributors, allowing the use of previously recorded Goblin tracks. So, the score for the re-edited Italian version of Martin, titled Vampire, is actually primarily made up of music from Goblin's two non-soundtrack albums, Roller and Il Fantastico Viaggio del Bagarozzo Mark, with a few exceptions. There are two cues composed by Aldo Salvi, under the pseudonym Jota Press, and Goblin records a single track called Vampire Finale, allegedly in one take for the film's final scene. The lineup of the group for this track is unknown, but in his book, Goblin, Seven Notes in Red, Fabio Capuzzo speculates that it is Simonetti, Pignatelli, Marangolo, and Panisi, which means Simonetti may have returned just for this one cue. And on a side note, if you're interested in reading about the creation of Donald Rubenstein's original Martin score, he and I have a fairly detailed discussion about it in the second Score to Death book. But for now, let's take a listen to a few tracks from Goblin's score for Patrick, as well as their one cue from Vampire.
We just heard the cues Patrick, Folly, another track also called Patrick, and Transmute from the Italian version of director Richard Franklin's Patrick from 1978. Though the Goblin soundtrack album came out in 1979, and I wonder if the Italian version of the film also came out in 1979. Followed by Goblin's one original cue for the Italian cut of George A. Romero's Martin, Vampire Finale. If that third Patrick cue, consisting of only synths, sounds at all familiar. It's because it inspired a very memorable cue from Fabio Fritzi's score for Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Which Pignatelli, Marangolo, and Maurizio Guarini all played on as session musicians. We won't be diving into their session work in this episode, but we might explore that aspect of the band's career in a future installment of this Goblin series, if that is something that you guys and ladies are interested in. Let me know. The reappearance of Guarini on the Patrick score begins a short but important chapter of the band's history and catalog. As a fan, I've always thought of Goblin's scores for Patrick, Boyo Omega, otherwise known as Beyond the Darkness, and Contamination, as a sort of musical trilogy, because they share a similar vibe and overall sound. Though Guarini decided to remain strictly a hired gun in the studio during this period, his contributions to those scores are undoubtedly important and very recognizable. Over the last 20 years, it's been nice to see appreciation for this period of the band's output grow among horror and film music fans. The most recent incarnation of Goblin even played the main theme to Boy Omega on their last tour, and Pignatelli and Marangolo's contemporary side project, Goblin Rebirth, has a live album out called Alive that contains a fantastic version of it as well. I strongly recommend that you check it out. Boyo Omega is a horror film also known as Beyond the Darkness, directed by Italian filmmaker Aristide Massacesi, whose professional alias was Joe Diamato. Diamato directed almost 200 films consisting of just about every genre and subgenre you can think of, up until his death in 1999. Other than Boyo Omega, some notable titles include Erotic Nights of the Living Dead, Orgasmo Nero, Absurd, and Endgame. Composed and performed by Pignatelli, Marangolo, Guarini, and Panisi, Goblin's score for the film is probably their most popular and arguably their best from this period. And, like their work for Patrick, is steeped heavily in late 70s synth sounds. So let's close out this episode with a few tracks from 1979's Boy Omega, also known as Beyond the Darkness.
We just heard the main theme, Strive After Dark, alternate version, Rush, and Quiet Drops from Joe D'Amato's 1979 film Boy Omega, also known as Beyond the Darkness, composed and performed by the Italian rock band Goblin. Unfortunately, we are once again out of time. If you've been enjoying Score to Death Radio and this deep dive into the soundtracks of Goblin, let people know on social media and consider reviewing the show over on Cinematic Sound Radio's Apple Podcast iTunes page. And of course, please tune in next time for part three of this limited series about the band Goblin, when we will wrap up our exploration of the band's film scores and hear cues from Contamination, Tenebrae, Phenomena, The Church, and more. If you'd like to see a full track list for this and every episode of Score to Death Radio, head over to the episodes page at cinematicsound.net. If you want to keep up with all things Score to Death, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Score to Death. And if you'd like to check out my in-depth interviews with Claudio Simonetti, Maurizio Guarini, and 28 other amazing film music composers, please pick up copies of my books, Score to Death, Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers, and Score to Death 2, More Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers, which are available in both paperback and ebook. I'm Jay Blake Fischera, and you've been listening to Score to Death Radio on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Thank you for listening. listening to the cinematic sound radio podcast i want to thank tim burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers you hear throughout the program and david casina for providing the cinematic sound radio theme music if you have any questions comments or concerns please email us at cinematic sound at yahoo.com you can find us on social media on twitter facebook and instagram and wherever you're listening to us today please take a moment right now to rate and write a brief review of the podcast you can get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt at our Tee Public store. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinematicsoundradio. And don't forget to check us out on the web at cinematicsound.net. <laughs>